This is the Ball Talk Pod. Evan Kinzer. Starting. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kinzer. Today I am joined by Curtis Birch, the host of Big Blue Insider and Locked On Kentucky Podcast. Curtis, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. First off, Curtis, can you tell my viewers about your radio show and also your podcast and where they can find it? Uh, yeah, the Big Blue Insiders Live Sports Talk Radio and the Classic since it's weeknight 6 to 8 p.m. on 630 WLAP out of Lexington. Uh, every once in a while we are preempted if there is a game, um, either women's basketball, men's basketball, um, or uh, baseball. So it's scheduled for Monday through Friday every evening, but you know we're not always there if there's another U.K. athletic sporting event going on. Yeah. And then uh, Locked On Kentucky is a podcast I do with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And it is also Monday through Friday. It's a 30, about a 30-minute podcast that's up every morning. And uh, we're just talking about whatever, whatever's going on in U.K. athletics. Uh, Big Blue Insider, obviously, is live, and it's with Dick Gabriel. He's, he's obviously he's the other host on that show, and we talk about – it's a little bit wider. We'll talk about a couple other topics, but we always normally focus on – Kentucky, Kentucky things, and you can interact with that show live by calling or tweeting or anything as the show's in progress. So kind of two platforms that are a little bit different, but both really fun. And you can get the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, right? Yeah, all, both, both the, the Big Blue Insider and Lock Talk Kentucky are both available on all, all podcast outlets. You know, just, just search either Big Blue Insider or Locked on Kentucky, and then you'll find it. And I always... I'm normally always tweeting out the links as well on my Twitter feed, so if you're like looking for the one-stop shop, it's at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, on Twitter. Okay. Everybody, make sure to check that out. Okay, the big thing in, with Kentucky basketball right now is tomorrow, the Cats' first game in the SEC tournament going against either Alabama or Ole Miss at 6 p.m. down in Nashville. Curtis, what are your thoughts on this game? It would be either either way. I think it is kind of a win for Kentucky. Uh, you know, depending on who they're facing off against, either they're going to be playing against Old Miss, who's going to be, I believe, an NCAA tournament team, a really quality program. Kermit Davis, SEC Coach of the Year, and that would be another one of those quad one victories, which everybody's talking about in the NCAA tournament uh, when they're making the, their selections. So that'd be a, a, a huge bonus for UK or. Um, the other side of that is they could get to avenge a loss to Alabama, which I'm sure you know all all the guys on the team would love to do, and, and many fans would as well, because you know it's kind of always cool to be able to make up for a loss you had earlier in the season when you get a rematch that wasn't on the regular season schedule, and then you get to kind of kind of do it in um, in a conference tournament setting where it's neutral. Yeah, I think that game against Alabama. The first game was the first game in conference play. It was on January 5th. The loss by two points, 77-75. It was just a struggle all around. Our leading scorer was just 15 points, and that was by P.J. I think they'll, if it's Alabama, I think there will be a little bit more motivation uh, to win this game. And we just played Ole Miss, I think, a couple weeks ago. Um, March, on March 5th, 80-76. Kelden played really good that game, had 22 points. About how much do you think missing Reed Travis will affect this game? Um, and it, it's I think a lot of it's probably matched up based. And Ole Miss, from a personnel standpoint, is probably a little bit easier to overcome. 
they don't have as many big guys. You know, they're more guard-oriented. Yeah. And, you know, Kentucky just beat them without Reed Travis on the road. And they did that with P.J. Washington in foul trouble in the first half. So, you know, when you're just kind of looking at it like that, you would think that that would probably be uh, the, the game that would have least impact of Reed Travis. Alabama's got some bigger guys, some bigger dudes inside that, you know, I'm sure Reed Travis would be able to lean on, uh, give some fouls, give some physical play against and would slow them down a little bit as well. And, you know, the thing to keep in mind about that Alabama game and that sometimes you look back and you just check the score, Kentucky had no business being in that game. That was one of their a really bad performance. And, you know, that's Calipari and there's Calipari's talked about it. There's been videos from UK that, that they put out featuring the players talking about how people have counted them out and, you know, said that they weren't going to accomplish much this season. I think that kind of came to a head after that Alabama game because they were at full strength health-wise. They had everybody playing, but the team wasn't playing well at all. Like it was, I think it was just a lot of little things weren't fitting together. And then through conference play, they got it all together. So that rematch from that standpoint – I don't think Kentucky would necessarily have a problem getting a victory against either team, but specifically with Bree Travis, I think he would help more against Alabama than against Ole Miss. Yeah, and Alabama's a veteran team. They've had a few seniors on their on their team, and um, just Ray Travis. He's been that calming presence all year. He's the 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 senior who plays mid. There's Johnny David, but um, Ray Travis is the senior who makes his stuff go down. He's the the former Pac-12 first-team member, he's but there's a chance he does play. He just he practiced with the team on Tuesday. What is your prediction? Do you think he plays this game? Yeah, I think they're going to get his get his toe wet. I mean, Calipari kind of kind of revealed his plan on his coach's show on on Monday. Obviously, he didn't. He wasn't 100 percent certain if, if Travis was going to play or not. But he said when he comes back, the plan is to. Uh, bring him off the bench and then play him in three to four minute stretches. So I think that's exactly what we'll see uh, this weekend. It might, I, if I had to make kind of a prediction, I would, I would bet it would just be for two games. If as long as Kentucky keeps winning, it would just be for two games because after asking him to play back to back to back games, uh, coming off an injury like that, I don't think it's smart for him at all, and I don't think it's smart for the team. And you know, looking at the way that things are projected out from an NCAA, you know, seeding standpoint, they always say Calipari makes a point of it every year. For the most part, seeding's done by Sunday, and that SEC championship game doesn't have a ton of impact on seeding. So when you're in that scenario and the game doesn't have value in uh, NCAA tournament uh, seeding-wise, then it just makes complete sense to kind of maybe sit him out in that third game. Unless he just says he wants to go and he's feeling good and he's ready to go. We talked to the players earlier this week. Uh, it was the, the four guys were made available to the media that made all SEC teams, P.J. Washington, Tyler Hero, Keldon Johnson, Johnson, and Ashton Hagen. And they all, they all made it clear that they're not really concerned about uh, his stamina or him getting back into shape because they said he's been doing stuff all every day. He just hasn't been able to practice. He's been working on his conditioning in any way he can. So I don't think it'll be a stamina issue. I think it'll kind of be him loosening up that knee and kind of knocking off the basketball rust a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cats have won the SC tournament each of the last five years and seven of the last ten. 
Do you expect the Cats to make it six in a row? There's some. This is probably the toughest the SC has been in the last, in probably the, in the last few years. So, what do you think about this year's tournament? Well, I, I'm kind of hedging here, and this is kind of fence sitting, but I, I'll explain why. I, I my pick has been Tennessee to win it, mainly because I haven't seen Reed Travis fully healthy back yet since his injury, mm-hmm. and I think. Kentucky needs Reed Travis at close to full strength to beat Tennessee. Now, if he comes out against Ole Miss or or Alabama and looks good and plays minutes, and it doesn't look like there's any, you know, he's right back. It looks like he's right back to where he was. Then I might flip flop. But as of right now, I just I think Tennessee is really really good, and I think Kentucky's better than Tennessee at full strength. But I don't know if Reed Travis is going to be 100. percent and uh, like I was talking about the matchups against Alabama, the matchup against Tennessee, you need a Tennessee. I don't think it's going to get out of hand like it did in Knoxville because I think P.J. Washington will be able to stay out of foul trouble. And, you know, Tyler Hero and Keldon Johnson <laughs> kind of couldn't play any worse. Yeah. So I, I think that it'll be a close game. But, when you know, when you're in a close game like that, I'm going to give the nod to Tennessee because I just think they have – I mean, I, all – Teams are pretty equal if there's no Reed Travis, and I, I, I just think that it'd be it'll be Tennessee in that in that matchup. I think that Tyler Harrow has to really play great. He's been playing awesome the last few weeks, but to have a chance to beat Tennessee, I think everybody's going to have to step up. Hopefully, Reed is back to what he normally was. I know he's probably not going to play as much minutes, but just to have him out there and give him 15 or 20 minutes would be so beneficial to this team, and I think that. Hagens can really can really help. He's been playing great defense. If he can get back to the playing ball the way he did about two weeks, two or three weeks ago, I think they have a real shot to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be. It, it would be. It wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if Kentucky beat Tennessee, even if Bree Travis wasn't able to go. You know, but if I'm picking that game, I'm picking Tennessee, and that's where kind of that's was that's my thinking basically in a nutshell right now. And I think that I will say that. Whoever comes out of the bottom side of the bracket, I think is going to win. Because I'm not, I'm picking against LSU. I, I don't know how early, but I don't think they're going to make it to the championship game, considering all they got going on. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the, the team that I end up, I, I kind of think will, will win it, yeah, that side of the bracket will be Auburn. That's who I'm kind of leaning towards right now. And I, I think Kentucky or Tennessee on a neutral court will beat Auburn. Well. Auburn's only up five points right now with 17 minutes left in the second half and against Missouri, so maybe they get it knocked out quickly. But um, this this tournament, this the SEC this year has been – this is the deepest it's been in a while. Kentucky's usually been the most dominant team, but there's three teams with just five with five losses or fewer. That's, that's unheard of for a conference. It's, it's crazy. There's three teams in the top ten. SC hasn't been this good in years. Um, it, I, LSU, I know they have the coaching situation with Will Wade suspended, but their top three guys, Naz Reed, Skylar Mays, and Tremont Waters, can really play. The Tennessee was number one for a long time. So I think this this, this is the best the tournament's been in a while. Um, it, and it just shows with Missouri and Auburn being a really close game. Now it's down to just three points. So... Um, but now let's talk about the NCAA tournament. Um, Cats are pro- currently projected to be a number one seed. Do you think that 
they'll be a one seed or think they fall back to a two? Well, in the, in the scenario that I laid out, honestly, I I would I would guess they would be a two seed, but if there is still injury with Reed Travis and, you know, the committee's made it clear that they're going to factor that in with Zion Williamson, you know, they made that statement, then in, then they should factor that the same way for Kentucky. So, you know, potentially I could see them maybe making a case, depending how other things shake it out, to give them a one seed. But if it plays out where they lose to Tennessee, I think that they'll be a two seed. But I, I kind of I feel like it might be in that Louisville region. And so that's not that big a deal, <laughs> you know, in the grand scheme of things. And on the flip side, if they do win the SEC tournament, I think that then they're almost guaranteed the one seed. Uh, most likely in that in that South region as well. So I, I feel like there's there's a, there's a lot of scenarios where no matter what happens in in this tournament for Kentucky, they're going to be sitting great. They're either going to be one or two, and I, it just kind of seems like the way I've, I've read things and the way things are kind of you kind of think that they're going to go. Kentucky's going to end up in that Louisville regional, which is exactly where they want to be. And there's been some talk that Duke might potentially be in that bracket. Do you think Kentucky will, will avenge their loss in the first game of the season, or do you think Duke would have the mat, uh, the advantage in that matchup? Well, it, it it's, would be – I mean, it would be an event for the ages. Kentucky yeah. and Duke matched up again in another Elite Eight. Obviously, everybody knows 92, mm-hmm. 98. I think more people remember 92 because of the shot, and more people in Kentucky want to remember 98. Um, but – you know, it, it, it would be another one of those unbelievable matchups. Obviously, being in Louisville, being 70 miles from UK's campus, it would kind of be a home game for Kentucky, which I think it would, would give them, um, you know, a little bit of a boost. And if you got to face Duke to win a national championship, which I think most people, that's how most people are thinking this tournament's going to shake out if Zion Williamson is, all, is good to go all the way through then I don't know if there's a better spot you want to face him in. You know, you do, I, I, it's always an accomplishment. You always want to get to a Final Four when you can, but if your ultimate goal is, is to win the national championship and you have to go through Duke, you might as well try to have every advantage you, you can, and I think that being in Louisville would be a pretty big advantage for UK. Now, can they beat them? I think that they definitely can. I mean, we, we were just talking about how much Kentucky's gotten better since the Alabama game at the beginning of conference play, they're almost a completely different team from where they were that first game of the season. And Duke came in, it, it was weird because if people have to remember how there was still doubt around Duke at the beginning of the season. They weren't number one in all the polls. You know, everybody hadn't fallen in love with them. And a large part of why everybody fall in love with it, fell in love with them is because of that Kentucky game. But the reason I think that Duke played so hard and was so laser-focused was the fact that they got to play the underdog role. And since then, they haven't been able to play that role, and they're not going to be able to play that role again. They also hit a bunch of outside shots, which has kind of been their Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a scenario where Duke kind of hits their three-point average and and Kentucky plays to what they're capable of and it's in Louisville, I think Kentucky can definitely beat Duke. Yeah. I do too, but what, what to see how Zion returns at the game tonight against Syracuse. So we'll see how he returns. I, I do think Kentucky has a definitely has a shot against them. You you got to – all of the games have usually been close with Kentucky in the tournament. I, 
I just don't I don't think Kentucky's going to get blown out by a team. If they get beat, it's going to be about five points. It's going definitely going to be a close game. They'll Kentucky's defense has been great this year, so I think that I, I know there's Zion just a physical freak, but I think we can match up with them and expose their shooting, the lack of shooting. Um, tomorrow could be a really big great day for the Cats if they win and it could also get a top recruit there's going to be a there's a strong chance for both the number 23 player in the country Keon Brooks will be deciding between UK MSU and Indiana tomorrow UK and Indiana are the favorites and it could go either way what are your what's your prediction on this signing uh, if I had to guess I would say that he's going to end up with Kentucky I mean Indiana just took a took a loss in their conference tournament uh, they look like they're NIT bound uh, if you're an elite recruit, you know, you look at what what happened. I don't know how to exactly to phrase this properly, but, you know, Romeo Langford came there with all this fanfare. Everybody thought it was going to be an amazing story. Home State kid stays around, leads, leads IU to a magical season, gets them back to the NCAA tournament, and none of that happened. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you fail, when, when Archie Miller kind of fails at that level with that kind of storyline, you know, the next big in-state recruit, is is it gonna? Does he want to go down that same path? He just saw it not work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And or does he want to come to Kentucky, where things have been proven that Calipari's been able to make guys a lot better than than their projections? I mean, you know, there's been some exceptions, obviously, but just look at you know Tyler Hero is now uh, potentially a first round pick, and he wasn't. I don't even think he was a top thirty. Uh, recruit coming into Kentucky. And so you look at that ceiling that potentially you can have at Kentucky, and then, like, you know, okay, your worst-case scenario, uh, maybe not worst-case scenario, but like a uh, slightly less ideal scenario if you are if you are trying to get to the NBA, you got to go two years and you become P.J. Washington or something along those lines. So I, I think that that's where he's going to go. And, you know, it isn't – It's he's got – that's a little bit of a drive. For him, obviously, being in the, up in Indiana, his family's from there, but it's still close enough to where his family can see a lot of the games. Yeah. And I think he kind of now now fits into what Kentucky has morphed into by the second half of this season offensively, where Keldon Johnson's playing the four. They're basically running around with four wings and a lot of lineups, and I think his versatility to play the three or four, match up on a lot of different guys, switch a lot of things. That's kind of how Calipari's been playing most recently, so I I think he can project himself into that role very easily, and I think that's where he's gonna where he's gonna end up. Yeah, my prediction's Kentucky, but um, we'll see. Oh, Curtis, thank you for coming on my show. It's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. You can check out all of our shows on iTunes, SoundCloud, and my website, BallTalkPod.com. This has been my show with Curtis Birch on the Ball Talk Pod. Thank you.